everybody. Welcome back to Fox Tablet. It's me, Sarah Ivry. I'm your host. Today, looking back at a year of firsts. In 2008, at the age of 23, loser Twersky left his marriage, his family, and his Hasidic community in Borough Park, Brooklyn, to try to make a new life for himself. He was tired of pretending to feel and believe things he no longer felt or believed. Since then, Loser, which I want to point out is spelled L-U-Z-E-R, has gone on to become an actor. He now lives in Los Angeles, and he's got a leading part in Felix and Meira, which is Canada's entry for Best Foreign Film for the Oscars. But before all that, back when Loser had just begun life on his own, radio producer Josh Gleason followed him around for most of Loser's first year. Here's that audio portrait. This is me singing at a wedding, at a Hasidic wedding. Uh, I used to be a singer at weddings. I miss it very much. I wish I could keep doing it, but uh, you can't not be religious and uh, sing at Hasidic weddings, you know, it just doesn't go together. I always questioned the religion and I always wanted to be able to, to watch movies. I always wanted to be able to fall in love with someone and have sex with her even though I'm not married. I wanted to have it and be religious. <laughs> I didn't know of any other life. That was the only life I knew. But uh, now I decided I don't want that life. I have no future in that life. Maybe there is something out there I want to do, which I can do if I'm an Orthodox Jew. In the Hasidic community, you can't really explore yourself. And that is something I'm not willing to give up on. This is where I live. This is like a student housing. I have my own bedroom, shower room and a bathroom in the middle of every floor which all the people who live on the floor share. I got here a little desk and my computer, my laptop. Now, this is the other bed in the room, which is usually made for a roommate, but since I got no roommate, this is the place I dump everything. This is all my dirty shirts right there. I don't have a laundry bag, so I use a garbage bag, a regular garbage bag. Most of the time I do dress like a very strong Hasidic Jew because that's the only clothes I have. I wear the side curls and like a beard I mean, because a Hasidic person is, is who I am it's my identity I just can't get used to be looking differently and to be acting differently even though I hate the way I look and the way I talk and the way I act you know when someone asks me how are you I still say Hashem. thank God I'm not even sure there is a God <laughs> well thank God you know it's like here's the thing even though the Lutherski that has lived for the past 23 years is a Hasidic guy. That's not who I am. I don't feel that's me. So even though what I'm doing now is the real me, it's just not what I'm used to. Okay, now let's start looking for work. Craigslist. 
Alright, so what I do is I search first like kosher. There's a job in the kosher industry. Oh! Some new stuff here. Two months ago, I started looking for work. And someone asked me, do you have a resume? This is exactly what I did. Just what I did now. Quiet. I didn't know what to say. Number one, I didn't know what a resume was. <laughs> and number two, I knew whatever it is, I don't have one. <laughs> In the Chesedisha world, there is no such thing as a resume. Everything is handed over to you. So for me t- to move to Manhattan and start looking for a job, and I got to write in my resume which high school I went to. I never went to high school. What should I write? That I have a degree in narrow-mindedness? I mean, I have a degree in Torah? It doesn't say in the Torah how to use Excel. Alright, let's go to uh, gigs. I go here and I look for Jewish. There you go. Call for singers, actors, native Hebrew speakers. I'm seriously pursuing acting because I think I can act. I've, I've been acting for 23 years of my life. I was pretending to be someone I'm not. But I also have something that most people don't have when they started acting. I do have a look for which there's a pretty high demand out there. A new opera is seeking performance for an in-progress presentation. There's pay in this? No pay. I feel overwhelmed by the choices I have in life now because I had very little choices before. It's like a kid who was born in a one-room basement. He never left that room all his life. And when he was 23 years old, someone took him, put him in Grand Central Station, and walked away. Everybody seems to have a destination. At least it seems like they know where they're going. And he has no idea. He sees people taking the train, people taking the subway, and he doesn't know the difference between the train and the subway. You know, people go to college, people are working, and people are watching movies, people are going out to the dinners, having dates, and you have no idea where to start. Sometimes I feel when I'm in the subway that I want to stop every single person and have a conversation with them. I want to go up to them, hey, I say, hi, I'm loser, who are you? Oh, Joe, what do you do? I work on Wall Street. What is it like? When, where did you go to college? Where did you grow up? I want to know all walks of life. Because I might like one of them. I mostly hang out with people who are ex-Hasidic. Which is another thing which keeps me from fully getting into the other life. Because like, that keeps me connected, kind of. It's a good thing because you need a support group, you need friends and everything. Me, you never know. Do you really know God? You know, you don't know God. Maybe he's gay. He's a little bit of everything. You know, he's a little bit of a she, too. She's a little bit of a he. <laughs> I spoke last time to my parents, like, the day after I got divorced. That day they found out why I got divorced, which is because I wasn't observant anymore. When they found out that this was the reason, they couldn't talk to me anymore. They don't care if I, if I, if I starve, they don't care if I'm homeless. They said it openly.
Not to me. It came back to me. They tell my brothers not to talk to me, to excommunicate me. I can corrupt their minds. To them, it's like someone who is throwing away eternity over materialistic things that only exist in this world. He isn't worth it. He's not worth nothing. To them, I'm worthless. I put an X on Craigslist. I, put, I posted ex-Hasidic Jew looking for love. I'm not going to say exactly what it says there. It's a little embarrassing. So uh, I got this response from this girl I'm texting now. We're texting like till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And she asked me if I have any plans today. Anyway, we decided we're going to meet at Starbucks for coffee. So I just got a text message. Right, let's see what she writes. I'm around looking for parking. Yay. Can't wait. I've never been on a date before. This is my first real date. I've been married, but I've never been on a regular, just a date, just two people meet each other, see if they like each other. This is my first date. I'm going to be on a date. I don't know. I think this shirt got some kind of a smell. I don't know. Just this is brand, brand, uh, it's a fresh shirt. Just took it off the cleanest. Maybe the cleanest put some smell on it. It's a good exercise for me to practice being around girls. I used to shiver when I had to approach a girl or shake a girl's hand. I was like, I was shivering. Because we grow up separated, men and women. We go to separate schools. I didn't know any girls besides my sisters. And you're not supposed to touch any other woman besides your wife. You don't really talk in a friendly way to other women besides your wife or your immediate family. I had this thing that if I touch a woman, God is going to strike me dead. I got a text message. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We got a response. Got a response. We got a response. Sweet. She says, sweet. She likes me. All right. I'm going on a date. All right. Now I'm nervous. I have an uncle who uh, left about the same age as me, actually. You know, he was considered like the dropout of the family. We never talked about him even. It was like, why would you want to talk about a guy like that? He lived in Israel. And then he came, well, he came to America and he, came to, he was staying by us. I, I have no explanation why they let him into my house and why they let him stay there. They probably were trying to make him come back, you know. And I kind of liked him. <laughs> I thought he was a nice guy. I'm going to share something very awkward. It's going to show you how early I started questioning and how I didn't like. I was probably 10 years old or 11 years old. I was really young. I went into his room when he was gone. I remember looking at these deodorants and creams and like, you know, all these stuff I've never seen. And, and there were his jeans on the floor next to the closet. Jeans is like the clothing of the secular world. So Yeah, so I like closed the door behind me and I put on his jeans put on his jeans in his room <laughs> never forget it and I looked I looked down on myself I still sometimes look down on myself you know that I'm this cheap person I have these kind of thoughts I have these kind of feelings I have these kind of I have a dirty mind I think you can compare it in a way to uh, people discovering that they're gay 
and you know and having to deal with the guilt and with the shame question number one which one of the following sentences includes a possessive pronoun a she stood up for people today i'm taking a test for high school i get a booklet in the mail and every booklet at the end it has an exam um, you can submit the exam online another name for the predicate in a sentence is uh, I want to just expand my, my knowledge you know for the purpose of blending into the world see object the verb this is a question which I'm not sure about the answer I'm not sure whether it's a noun or a verb so what do we do let's try this A or D I'm going to put two pieces of paper one piece of paper is A I write A other piece of paper I write D and then I mix them up. I'm not looking. And I pick out one, whichever comes out. All right, here you go. A. So I'm going to take A. When I was Hasidic, I had a lot of these experiences, you know, looking at non-Jewish people or secular people. Man, they're having such a good life. They can do anything they want. And now I know that they can't do anything they want. This is a painful realization. There's something I'm dealing with right now. See, one of the things is when I was Hasidic, I never put any effort in my body. You know, I had no reason to take a shower. Why should I take a shower? You know, I, I never thought I'd, you know, I'd have to, maybe I'll meet a girl, I have to go on a date and I'm going to stink. You know, that, would never, that never would have happened, you know. And then there's the opening door things, saying thank you, you know. People don't say thank you. know, we all know each other. We're all like family, you know. There's, there's politically correct, which doesn't exist in the Hasidic world. There is no political correctness. You just say whatever you got in your stomach. You just spit it out. And that's basically a freedom that communities have, that brothers have, you know, family has. You know, when you're with your family, you just throw everything out there. You're not trying to, to come forward as something you're not. In other words, the secular culture has a lot of rituals too. <laughs> a lot of rituals in it, if you think about it. I think she's on the fourth floor, I don't remember. Yeah. I am at uh, Stephanie's place. I'm going up now. I'm going to meet with Stephanie. We're going to hang out a little bit. Have something to eat and uh, probably watch a movie. Stephanie is my friend. I don't think we're boyfriend girlfriend yet. It's just we're very close. Um, she's a great woman. She's very smart and very beautiful. She doesn't like when I wear polos, so I don't know if she's gonna like if I wear a t-shirt and sweatpants. How's it going? How do I look with sweatpants and a t-shirt? Sloppy. Sloppy? <laughs> I mean, it's... But it's a... better than a polo, right? Yes. Right. Much better than a polo. Gotta get more t-shirts. We met through the internet. We go to, like, athletic and, uh, you know, we went out for, we went out a couple of times, you know, and... Uh, it evolved, you know, it became stronger and stronger, the bond. And this is the way it's now. It's pretty strong. A little stronger than I wanted it to be. Watch how I do this. Maybe I won't. But you will. How do you know? <laughs> because you're going to help me or you don't get to eat any. Okay. <laughs> so
So you're gonna, like you're gonna cut down the bottom. The the bottom is like the root part. We don't want to eat All right. that. So and then she mentioned in her probably her first or second email that she was a radical yeah, feminist. Um, and I didn't even know exactly what a radical is. Although radical and terrorist are the same thing. But she seemed like someone who hates men, who thinks men are rapists, men are bad people, and I couldn't. I, I didn't like that. I mean, I'm not like that. I, I'm not a rapist. What well, being true, being true of man, man, men's yeah, privileges. Yeah, being treated makes... as a man, I, I do think that that is what makes you like. Because what you're saying is basically that's the one thing that bothers me about Stephanie. She's way, way over involved. It's a religion. I can't live with religion. You know, when people see him, they don't treat him the same as they treat me. I'm a man, male and female. Can I finish? Please yeah, let all right, me finish all right. my thought. All right, I'm done with this. I'm done. <laughs> What? I don't know. I don't understand what you're saying. So it's like it's okay. f- the whole the whole thing the whole thing is foreign to me. I don't really. I mean, I mean you you've been you've been busy with this subject for I don't know how many years, and like I'm so new to the subject, and you and you're trying to to like punch it into my head. Why are you getting so mad? At I don't know. I'm getting. I'm I'm just whatever. I'm worked up. Forget it. My contract for the apartment is running out in like three weeks. I mean, I'm gonna have no, I'm gonna I'm not gonna have where to live in a couple of weeks from now, and you know I'm running out of cash. Seems like I have been pretty good for a few months, and you know I'm hitting a dead end because I don't have where to live. I don't know what I'm gonna do. This past life is haunting me. This past, the past. You know, thinking God will punish you and how wrong you are. Maybe, maybe life is so difficult for you because you know you're you're not observant and you're not doing God's will. I mean, I got a family in there. Something that fucks me up a lot. Thinking about my family it keeps awakening these feelings. You know, sometimes nostalgic feelings. You know, there's family life and there's the get-togethers and there's the, you know the warmth. The only problem is all this warmth and this family values, all these. Things are just based on bullshit. You know, I wish it wasn't, but it is. You know, and I wish I could just let that all go, forget about it, but I, it just doesn't work that way. See, this, all these kind of stuff, they, 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 they go into the box, just in the junk box. Like, you know, like soap, my uh, lens solution. Just packing my stuff and... Uh, I'm moving out, and I'm, uh, I don't know where I'm going yet. I'm going to crash at some friends' places for a while. That's about it. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, this goes in here. I need one box for books, and one box for clothes, and I'm ready to go. You know, the Hasidic people don't live with roommates, and there is no single life. There is no such thing as living single. You're either living with your parents or you're married. You don't live single. There's no such thing. It's uh, You're never on your own. I am really all by myself. I mean, who really cares for me? Where's the person who will say, you know, you're always welcome at my house to sleep, to eat. You know, I'm always going to be here for you. I think this is my biggest challenge. I mean, the, 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 the belief challenge and looks and adjusting to the secular world these are nothing against this challenge of me becoming independent
And this is four stories up, and it's like it used to be a, a whatever, like a factory probably or something like that. And this is the place where I stay. So they got it's got like two parts the the loft, like a wall in the middle. On one side he built like beds, like bunk beds, and on the other side there's like a big empty room, and I have a tent here. The guy who lives here. He told me I could come and stay here for a couple of months, maybe six months, you know, seven months, eight months, until I get myself together and uh, find a way to support myself and be able to pay rent. So this is my tent. I got a sleeping bag. He gave me like a little rug, like a very thick rug to put under the tent so it's a little more cushioned. I sit in there. I use my computer. I watch movies in there. I mean, I, I, use, I use my tent a lot. That's where I live. It's very, it's very kind of cozy, you know. It's like very, it's really, I like it. I pulled the plug on my life, on everything I knew. It's kind of the end of a chapter. A chapter from which I have a lot of good memories. I have more bad memories, but a lot of good memories. And this new chapter has a lot of sad memories in it. But everything I've been through since I left, all these misery I'm going through now, all these hardships... They seem kind of purposeful. It's like I'm going through all this to get somewhere. It's suffering I chose. It's something that I want. Choice makes all the difference. That's it. Loser Twersky's story was brought to us by radio and television producer Josh Gleason. We first broadcast it in 2010. These days, you can find Loser Twersky on the big screen and on the little one. He plays a leading role in the film Felix and Meira, and he's also got a small part in season two of Transparent, that great show now on Amazon. And just because we say it a lot doesn't mean it's not true. We really want to know what you think of our podcast. So email us at podcast at tabletmag.com. Vox Tablet is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm your host, Sarah Ivory. Thanks so much for joining us, and please do join us again next time. 